If you are listening to this, I love you and I appreciate you for being here and trusting me as part of your motherhood journey. Several of you beautiful mamas who are listening to me right now have asked me to talk about the magnificent placenta and you've been waiting so patiently, but today is your day. I'm going to talk about this beautiful organ that God creates in us from scratch that he then gets rid of a year later, a little bit less than a year later, called the placenta. It's just one more reason to believe in him and to fully trust in him. So let's dive in and learn all about it and build our faith just a little bit more. Are you a Christian woman yearning for a beautiful, joyful pregnancy and birth with a focus on God, not medical tests? Are you worried the birth you want isn't possible and you're tired of being treated like an accident waiting to happen? Hey mama, I'm Lori, host of Your Birth, God's Way. I'm a certified nurse midwife now, but I wasn't always. After working for nearly 20 years in the broken maternity system, I too was in your shoes wondering how I could have the birth I wanted and that I felt God meant for me to have. I found a secret that has actually been known since the beginning of time. God's way is the best way. Spoiler alert, God made us and our babies and he knows us best. He designed us perfectly for pregnancy, birth, and nourishing our babies after birth if we work with his design and not against it. In this podcast, you'll learn how to be healthy and have joy during this time of life that will be over before you know it. So if you're ready to reclaim your birth and your babies for his glory, go turn on a few episodes of Bluey for that little one on your hip so you can put the focus back on you for a few minutes with me. So I am rapidly approaching 30,000 downloads thanks to you mamas, and I'm so, so grateful that you're here. But there's this one little thing, and that is that I've got less than 100 reviews. Where are you guys? I know you're out there. I know so many of you are enjoying the podcast because you tell me, but one of the best ways that you can help me to grow and to find more mamas just like you is to just take 30 quick seconds to go leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. If you don't have an Apple product of some sort, maybe your friends do, maybe your mom does or your sister or somebody, you can grab it and just leave me a quick review on there. Other platforms help, but not quite as much as Apple does as far as reaching new people. So just take 30 quick seconds, click that fifth star there, and then write something in there to let me know what you like, because it really does encourage me so much and it helps me find other mamas. One person who did do that is JC1998, and I just want to thank JC so much for taking the time to leave me a review. I'm assuming it's a she. She says, this podcast has helped me so much and has given me a lot of motivation and knowledge. See, that didn't take long at all, but it gave me so much encouragement for this day, and it helped me to reach more mamas. So thank you. And if you are one of the ones who has blessed me by being here to listen, but has not blessed me with a review yet, could you do it? Just hit pause real quick and go leave me a review. It won't take long at all, and I would appreciate it more than you know. I read them all, and they all mean so much to me. Okay, so we are on to the topic of the day that so many of you have been asking me about, and that is this lovely thing called the placenta. You know me. I love talking about God's beautiful design for our bodies. You probably haven't ever heard anybody act so happy about a placenta before, right? It's just kind of a thing that's just there, but... Ladies, this is a thing that God makes in us specifically for this purpose. And it is just so beautiful and it's so faith affirming when you think about what it does, how it's formed and all the things that we're going to talk about. And the fact that he does this from nothing. He creates this organ from nothing. And it's only there for that one purpose. And then it just goes away. 
it's kind of amazing. I love talking about his beautiful design for our bodies during the time of conception, in pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and then when we get to feed our babies from our own bodies. I love talking about this whole process. It never ceases to amaze me. It brings me joy, and I hope it brings you the same joy to know that the creator of the universe thought enough of us as women to allow us to be the ones to do this divine job. He could have made people from dust like he did Adam. He could have just created them all, created us like maybe a big uh, Play-Doh creation or something like that. I got little kids, right? I think about Play-Doh. He could have done any number of things, but no, he picked us, women. He chose us to be the ones that he uses as his factories to make new people. That's kind of huge. You know, some see this as a curse, but I see it as a tremendous blessing. And there's really nothing else like it. And we're lucky enough to get to be the ones to do it. One of the things that tends to be overlooked in pregnancy, though, is the sustainer of that whole pregnancy. And it is the placenta. So let's dive in and talk about this spectacular organ. Let's let's not neglect it any longer. Most of the problems... As you probably know by now, most of the problems that moms deal with in labor and delivery and postpartum are what's called a fancy word that is iatrogenic. That means it's caused by the providers. I know this because of the vast different statistics that we see in outcomes among different types of providers and different settings. And sadly, the management of the placenta is just one more of those situations. It's another situation where they do all the things to you, then bad things happen as a result, and then they save you from these bad things, and then they say, hey, if you hadn't been here, you would have died. Now, I don't say all this to minimize the fact that some people, a very small percentage of people, truly can have problems with the time that the placenta separates that we're going to talk about in a little while and can cause a hemorrhage. I don't deny that. And I don't deny that many moms across history long before all these interventions were in place, that a lot of moms either suffered or died as a result. I get all that. I'm not naive. However, I have seen firsthand that many of the problems that we have today arise from the mismanagement of labor really the mismanagement of pregnancy, then labor, all the way through to the delivery of the placenta. A lot of these things can be prevented. So let's talk about the background of this and then how we can make sure that we do all we can to keep it from happening to us. Can't prevent it completely, but we can do a lot of things that try to minimize the risk. Okay, first let's talk about how this placenta forms. Now, I want you to know I went back and dug out my old anatomy and physiology textbooks from school. And I read all about it. And it's just amazing all of the things that happen to form a placenta. But it's also very hard to explain, especially without graphics, without a picture to show you. There's just too much that happens. And again, it's very faith affirming because all of these things are orchestrated by God. And if he doesn't make sure that all the steps happen, they don't happen. So it's very faith affirming, but it's also very complicated. And because of that, I'm not going to go into too much detail because I just don't want to overwhelm you or to talk over your head or to make you <laughs> think I sound like the Charlie Brown teacher, wah, wah, just running on and on and on about something. I'll just give you a few highlights to help you understand 
how awesome this organ is. So it starts very early, starts forming very, very early. Oftentimes it's before you even know that you're, know that you're pregnant. It's a complicated series event that starts with something called embryonic trophoblast cells and inner cell mass mesodermal cells. And that's just a fancy way of saying God is good because there are so many different types of cells that exist and these specific ones give birth, to use a little pun, give birth to the placenta, which is what's going to sustain your baby throughout the pregnancy. One really cool thing to consider is that the blood from you and the blood from your baby actually never mix. So you got this organ that does so many things that we're going to talk about for your baby to keep it alive. And it does that from your body. And yet that thing which requires your blood and it feeds baby's blood causes those two bloods never to mix. So let me explain that a little bit. You know that from the placenta arises the umbilical cord. That's the cord that attaches you to your baby. Inside of that cord, there are two umbilical arteries which carry deoxygenated blood away from the baby back to your placenta. And then there's the umbilical vein which carries oxygenated blood back to your baby. And then those veins and those arteries receive blood from a just system, beautiful system that gets the baby's blood right next to your blood through and, and all this separates it is this little villus or villi. And the blood in that inner villus space is mom's blood. And it's kind of like a pool in there. And the baby's blood is inside of these, these vessels that get right next to this villi and they exchange nutrients and oxygen and all the things across this little thin membrane so that the baby gets everything that it needs but it doesn't ever mix up your blood. How cool is that? Now, this is something to keep in mind, and I don't know if I explained that very well to where it's going to make sense just being able to hear my voice. Suffice it to say that it is a beautiful design that keeps bad things from happening from our bloods mixing because there's we don't need two people's bloods to mix, but still allows all the things to cross over that need a crossover to keep that baby alive. Now, keep that in mind. If someone ever tries to tell you that leaving your cord intact after birth, when you want to do delayed cord clamping that we're going to talk about here in a few minutes, that that's going to cause mom to lose more blood. It's not because those cord, that cord, those vessels never had mom's blood in there. It was always baby's blood. So that is baby's blood and baby deserves to have it. I digress a little bit. We're going to come back to that, but I just want you to appreciate that you've got this umbilical vein and these umbilical arteries that carry this blood back and forth from, to and from the baby to and from your placenta but it never actually takes your blood into the baby. It just gets all the good stuff out and then your blood takes all the, the waste products away. It, it's a amazing system. Fully formed, that placenta is about 20 centimeters or so across. Obviously this is average. Everybody's is a little bit different and it's about two and a half centimeters thick. So about an inch thick. Again, the umbilical cord comes out usually from the center of this. Sometimes it can be around the edges. That's a different situation, but usually somewhere in the middle, the cord comes out and connects to the baby as the pipe, for lack of a better term, for this transport system. The cord's usually an average of maybe 50 centimeters long, but that can have a very large span from mom to mom. Some can be much shorter than that. Some can be much longer. They're usually about one to two centimeters in diameter. And one other part of the cord that I didn't mention is something called Wharton's jelly. 
It's the gooey yellow part you've seen probably if you've ever seen a cord before. It basically cushions those vessels so that they don't get squished off to where the blood is no longer flowing. It's a beautiful, again, a beautiful part of the design to protect those vessels. So the placenta has several very important jobs. One of the most important jobs, well, actually, I don't really know that you can say it's most important because all of these things have to happen, but we'll, we'll just list them off in whatever order. <laughs> okay. The first job we'll talk about is that it transports nutrients. Obviously, it's taking from you what it needs to grow, to sustain itself, to function. So it takes the nutrients, which are in those intervillous spaces that where your blood is, and it crosses across that membrane into the blood vessels of the baby and takes it to the baby, transports the nutrients. So it's like basically one big old refrigerator. <laughs> Don't you love my analogies? That's where the baby's blood goes to get the nutrition it needs. It also takes waste products away from the baby. So when the blood is inside of the baby and the baby's body is doing its various functions and creating waste products from that, those waste products then go back to the blood. They're taken to the placenta of the mom and it crosses back over into those intervillous spaces where that deoxygenated blood and the blood that after it's had all of the nutrients and good things taken out drains back into mom so that mom can then carry those waste products out of her body through her kidneys, liver, various systems that you might or might not know about. Hopefully you do. You know, when you go to the bathroom, you pee, you poop, all those things, that's getting the waste products out. You're basically taking waste products out for the baby as well. The placenta also produces hormones, several different kinds. I'm not going to go into that today, but just suffice it to say that the placenta has a major role in producing the hormones that are needed to sustain the pregnancy. It also protects the baby from environmental hazards. It's kind of like a liver of sorts in that it filters and keeps, it, it takes out and prevents the bad things from crossing over to the baby in most cases. There are some things that can cross the placenta into the baby, but most things, the placenta is very good at preventing from crossing over. Basically, the things are too big for the transport mechanism to carry across. So it's a, a beautiful protection mechanism. Finally, for what we're going to talk about here, it also acts as the baby's lungs. So the baby is floating in water. It is not breathing actual air yet, obviously. And so the blood is what carries the oxygen to the baby, and it gets that oxygen from the mom directly through the placenta. So the placenta does a lot of really, really cool things, really, really essential things, obviously. Now let's talk about the progression of a placenta. So, you know, we've talked about how it's formed. We've talked about some of the things that it does during the pregnancy. But once the baby is born, the placenta, the placenta is not needed anymore. Once the baby is born, the uterus shrinks down because that big baby is now out. The uterus shrinks and that contraction of the uterus starts the process of the placenta basically shutting down because it's done now. The blood begins to drain to the baby out of the cord, out of the placenta and out of the cord. And that process, plus maternal blood congestion that's in those intervillous spaces, that starts the process of these blood vessels that have been coming from mom into the placenta. They start to break off, kind of just snap for lack of a better term. And the lining starts to break away from the uterus. Mother will give birth to the placenta the same way she gave birth to the baby. And then the site where the placenta was is now a raw area where all these blood vessels used to be. 
that the body must then heal quickly. And it has to happen pretty fast because normal placental flow to this area is somewhere between 450 and 700 milliliters per minute. So that's a lot of blood really fast that could come through those vessels where the placenta used to be. So this has got to get squeezed off and closed off really quick. But that's another thing that God made our bodies to do perfectly and beautifully when we support it. There are three different ways that this clotting or this stopping of the bleeding happens. First, there's something called a living ligature. Basically, the blood vessels which came from mom cross over the uterus into the placenta or cross cross through into the placenta, they are kind of intermingled with muscle fibers. And so those muscle fibers naturally squeeze around those blood vessels because they're now being constricted down with the, with the uterus being so much smaller. So they are naturally squeezing off those vessels. That mixed with the action of the uterus gives the second way, and that is the pressure. Because as we all know, you know, if you're bleeding, you put pressure on a place on your body, it makes the bleeding stop. Same thing happens for this placental site. The Blood vessels are getting squeezed by that living ligature, and then the uterus is contracting and squeezing down hard to also squeeze off those blood vessels. And then the third way the bleeding is stopped is through the normal clotting process, plus a fibrin mesh that forms over the site. Think of it kind of like a scab. So just your normal clotting, all the different parts of your body, of your blood system that go to the rescue when there is bleeding to make that bleeding stop all functions the same way for this placental site. Okay, so that in a nutshell is the full progression of the life cycle of a placenta. Now management of placentas during birth in America are a little iffy, okay? And they have arisen over years and years of debate over what's the best way to manage this. And it all arose out of the fear that comes from a mom bleeding to death. And so that's valid. I mean, it's a pretty scary thing. And it's also very scary when you're there and the bleeding is is happening so fast and, and you can't make it stop. So I don't want to minimize again that a hemorrhage is very scary. But this is another example where the medical system has gone too far and now treats everyone the same way Even if they don't need all the interventions, everyone gets all the interventions. And so that creates new problems for some people that they never would have had rather than just treating the ones that need it. So let's talk about this thing called active management of the third stage of labor. This is, whether you realize it or not, this is what happens in pretty much every hospital across America and really in most places across the world in hospitals. It includes several things, one being giving a medication, usually something like Pitocin, routinely to everyone to try to increase the clamping down of the uterus. And it includes things like early cord clamping and then some traction, which is pulling on the cord to try to facilitate the birth of the placenta quicker. It does not, though, and this is important, the medical system believes that this decreases hemorrhage and that it decreases maternal morbidity across the board. But a Cochrane review has revealed that it actually does not do that. And remember, these Cochrane reviews are huge studies where they compile lots of different data together to draw conclusions. Things that they found in this Cochrane review, 
Number one, more people return for bleeding treatment later, so problems from bleeding later when they have had this active management of the third stage. It decreases baby's birth weight by as much as 77 grams, or I believe it was an average of 77 grams. So that's about 80 milliliters of blood. That's where you can assume that that blood or birth weight was lost. So that's 80 milliliters of blood that the baby's not getting that belongs to it. And we won't go into all the problems that can cause. That's beyond the scope of this particular episode. But suffice it to say, the baby needs its own blood back, right? It increases postpartum hypertension. And that's usually a side effect of the medication that's given. It causes mom to be more likely to need postpartum pain medications. That can be secondary to several things, not the least of which is just these massively hard contractions that just hurt really bad after birth that are trying to keep that uterus clamped down. And it also increases the length of the third stage. It was believed that putting all this in place would decrease it, and it actually has increased it versus just draining the placenta, letting the blood drain naturally, which is the physiological approach, which we're going to talk about next. The physiological approach to managing the placenta after birth is just waiting for it to do what God meant for it to do. Waiting for the body to do what God made it to do even before birth. That's the key. Because see, most moms in most hospitals are getting medications all through labor to try to make labor happen faster and birth come faster. Things like, again, Pitocin. And when you are given these medications for long periods of time, after a while, They don't work as well anymore. So the receptors for Pitocin on the uterus are already flooded with this synthetic Pitocin that you've received all through labor when you're induced or augmented during your labor in a hospital. And so after birth, when your body would normally naturally give a rush of oxytocin from the happiness of the baby being born plus the physiological need to have that uterus to clamp down, that rush of oxytocin can't do much because those receptors on your uterus are already flooded with artificial Pitocin. Does that make sense? Hopefully you're nodding because I can't see you. (laughs) When you've been using artificial Pitocin all through labor, then natural oxytocin can't do much after labor. There's just not much opportunity for it to. So you can see how the interventions that start long before birth can now be causing problems after birth because now when you need this hormone, oxytocin, to do its job, it can't do its job. And so that uterus, which is often very tired and very worn out from maybe a very long labor, especially if you were induced so your labor was longer because your labor was begun before it was begun, before it was ready to happen. So it's been going on for way longer than it naturally would have. And you've been receiving this medication for so, so long that uterus can't figure out how to clamp down because it is so flooded with artificial Pitocin and because the muscle is just weak at this point. So let's rewind and let's think about if we just wait for labor to happen on its own. When you wait for labor to happen on its own, then your body will naturally release waves of oxytocin, which is your natural version of the synthetic Pitocin, 
comes in waves, comes to your uterus in waves, causes contractions in waves that will bring your baby in time when the baby is ready, when your body is ready, and you're not getting this constant flooding of those receptors through your IV of the artificial Pitocin. Okay, so now these receptors are not flooded so that when birth happens, that rush that your body releases at that point can do its job. That making sense? When you refrain from using interventions like these medications routinely, then you increase the chance that the body's going to work the way it was designed to. Those medications increase the risk of blood loss overall. When you wait on labor rather than induce, then your body can function the way it was designed to. That induction will increase your risk of having a postpartum hemorrhage. So let's look at the third stage as a wait and see period. Let's wait and see what happens. Let's not do routine interventions. Let's let the baby nurse after birth because when the baby nurses, when the baby goes to the breast early, your body then again releases more oxytocin, which creates those cramps and contractions, you can call them either one, contractions that will then cause that placenta to release and be expelled properly. Let's not clamp that cord until the blood's all drained out and the pulsing is stopped because guess what? When you let all that baby's blood drain out of the placenta, the placenta is naturally shrinking and it contributes to the placenta pulling away from the uterus as it was designed to do and the baby gets all its blood back. It doesn't have to begin life functioning on basically half a tank. It doesn't have to start its its venture, its journey into the world half empty. Let's not pull on that cord because When you pull on the cord, you actually create other problems. I'm not going to get into all of them, but when you're you're putting traction on that umbilical cord to try to rush the delivery of the placenta, you can cause some very severe, very dangerous problems that will not happen if you will just leave them alone. Let's have mama upright. Because when you're laying on your back, it's hard for gravity to help. And this is one more thing that we need gravity's help for so that it'll come on down when when it's time. And last but not least, let's go all the way back to the beginning. Let's go all the way back to before this baby was even conceived. But especially once you found out this baby's conceived. Let's put so much focus on our nutrition. Let's give our bodies... Everything God wanted it to have, everything God designed it to function on as close to the source that he gave it to us as we possibly can so that we can give our bodies the best chance to have a healthy, well-formed placenta that is not going to be adhered to your uterus in an abnormal way, that's not going to be weak that's going to be able to do its job and it's going to be able to separate properly when the time comes. And let's make sure that we're well hydrated so that we have good blood flow and that our blood volume is able to expand like it naturally does during pregnancy so that when birth comes and we have the normal blood loss of some amount that our bodies can handle it and we can bounce back pretty good and feel pretty good. That was a lot, right? You're like, wait, what? (laughs) 
hear my head spinning. You might have to go back and listen to this one more than once, and that's okay. The placenta is just amazing, and I'm telling you, I just scratched the surface, but I just wanted to give you just kind of an introduction to what this thing does, how awesome it is, and how it can really do its job just fine by itself if we'll just let it be and support it rather than work against it. Now, you might have more questions now, and if you do, that's fine. You can go post them in our Facebook group. If you haven't joined that, go down to the show notes, and please feel free to join us over there. We have great conversations and lots of support there, so you can go ask me there, or you can shoot me an email, Lori at yourbirthgodsway.com. Glad to hear from you and glad to help you however I can. If there's any other way that I can help you, please know that I do offer the Midwife and Me Power Hour, and that is an opportunity to just sit down with me for an entire hour. Think of it like a consult where you don't have the insurance company dictating the answers and you don't have the bias of a practice telling you what to say or telling me what to say. I can give you an honest, unbiased opinion about whatever situation you have going on. I'm happy to help with birth plans, forming birth plans, helping with breastfeeding, second opinions, you name it. I'm here to help you. So if you need just to have an hour to sit down with a midwife who is coming from a fresh approach of not being biased, basically, I don't have anybody telling me what I have to say to you to adhere to some policy or some procedure. So if that sounds like something you need, something you could benefit from, just head over to the website, yourbirthgodsway.com. Look for the Midwife and Me Power Hour button up at the top, and I would be happy to talk to you there. And I would look forward to being able to be a part of your journey. I just really am thankful to God, and I count it a joy to be able to help so many moms along their way. And if I can be any help to you, please head over to the website and let me know how. Okay. I will talk to you guys again next week. Real quick. If today's episode blessed you in any way, would you head over to Apple podcasts and leave me a quick five-star written review? It'll take you less than a minute, but it's the best thank you you can give me. And it will help my show to reach more mamas just like you so we can all find God's best for our families. I'll see you right back here in a few days.